Well, as we start today, let's begin with just a simple question. What was Jesus' first sermon? What was the first sermon Jesus gave? And when we see the answer, it applies to us today just as much as when he gave that sermon. Before we look at that, though, Galatians 6, 7, a verse we know by heart. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. This law of the universe is in effect every moment of every day. A person reaps what they sow. Notice you don't reap necessarily when you sow or where you sow, but you reap what you sow. In fact, our lives today are a result of things we sowed maybe six months ago, maybe three months, maybe things somebody has been sowing for years. And so if you reap what you sow, you have to say, what is it that I want more of in life? If you want more love, you have to begin sowing love into other people's lives. If you want more grace, be somebody who sows grace into somebody else's life. Somebody who sows anger will reap anger. Somebody who sows brokenness and hurt, they will experience that in their life. If you want to sow to reap the great things that God promises, we have to take into consideration the next principle that we're going to look at here. If you give poor efforts, what results do you think that you would get? There is what's known as the law of diminishing returns. When people give poor efforts, then they reap no results. If you give poor effort at work, they'll show you the door. The next thing, though, is the level of good. People think if I give good effort, I get good results. So you'll hear people say things like, I was a good husband or a good wife. Why did my spouse leave? Well, that is the problem in and of itself. If you give good effort, you get poor results. So if you want to get good results, you have to give great effort. But what if you want great results? Then you have to give outstanding effort. Effort that stands out from other people. Effort that is committed at a different level. And this applies to your relationships, your walk with Christ, anything you have a goal in your life. If you want to reap at a high level, you have to sow outstanding effort. You want to reap a great marriage, you have to sow outstanding love and sacrifice. You want to reap deep spiritual growth? Would you rate your prayer life poor, good, great, outstanding? Which would it be? What will it be from this day moving on? Here's a verse that people love for great reason, just as true today as when Isaiah said it. Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. Isaiah writing here at a time when there was much despair in Israel. You remember they went through the Red Sea. And afterwards, they went into sin. They had a temple built, and afterwards, they went after false religions. They had the greatest king of all time, King David. What happened when he died? They became divided and fought. And so Isaiah now, speaking prophetically, says this, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Not forget your past, but don't be held up by the past the failures, the brokenness, the sin. The next thing he says is, see, I am doing a new thing. I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. To stop and say, God says to each one of us, day to day, moment to moment, 
Forget the former things. Lay aside the past and the brokenness, the sin. Allow him to do a new thing. Do you not perceive it? And he'll make a way even in the desert, the broken places in life. If you reap what you sow, and God is the God of new beginnings, then today, in a moment of decision, you and I could start living a completely different life. To say, you know what? I'm not going to be held back by the former things of my life. And I'm going to, from this day on, start living at a commitment of outstanding in what I sow in different parts of my life. You know, it truly is in a moment of decision when a person's life is changed. Now, it may be six months of steps to get to that moment of decision. But when a person makes the decision and says, I won't settle any longer or no more, that's when things change. Decision, the word it means to cut off. And when a person says, let me start making commitments and following through at an outstanding level, not held back by the past, knowing God does a new thing in my life, what kind of seeds will that person sow? What kind of life would they then reap? Wayne Searle says, the question isn't simply, what has God done? The question must must be, what is God doing in your life right now? And two, what is it that you want him to do in your life right now? You know, Mark Twain, known for a lot of great quotes, he worked very hard to write and make memorable statements. One of the ones that he said, so very true is, I can tell anybody in the world how to get what they want. The problem is, I haven't met anybody who knows what it is they want. So we have to stop and step back and say, if I don't have to be held up by the former things, if I reap what I sow, and I can begin to sow at an outstanding level, and God is the God of new things, what is it I want to see happen in my life? What do I want God to do in my life, in my relationship, in my calling, in my day-to-day living? This is John Lewis Shuck. 1800s. He went to church one day, and at the time, he was broke, had no money. That day, they stated they were taking a collection up for Chinese missions. He had no money in his pocket. They said, pray, think about what it is you would like to give. And then they took the offering. John Lewis Shuck took out paper, wrote a note, put it in the offering plate in response to what do you give? And on the note, he wrote, myself, John Lewis Shuck. He then became a missionary to China. A moment of decision, a moment to sow something deeper, a moment that changed his entire life and other people's as well. So this brings us back to what was the first sermon that Jesus gave. Matthew 4, 17, eight words. Here's what he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. In fact, go a few verses before that, Matthew 3, 2, John the Baptist, his sermon, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Exact same message to repent. Again, repent means what? To turn around and go the opposite direction. 
Certainly at times it can be repentance in the sense of sorrow for sin. And our first response is to turn and go the opposite way of sin. But it also means simply to turn and go and change your thinking. Take different action to repent completely different way to live your life. If you have been sowing poor seeds, barely giving love, barely giving grace, repent and do the opposite, which is outstanding giving of love, outstanding service in Christ. Maybe you've simply not kept commitments to people. Repent. Become somebody who keeps your commitments because you said you would. Maybe you're somebody who does not do very well at building health in your marriage. Repent. Start learning how to give to your partner so that your marriage can thrive. If you give poor effort to prayer, repent and commit and say, God, from this day on, I want to make a decision. Help me to be outstanding in my effort to prayer. LeSean Abraham says it like this, repent means change your mind, turn your life around, put off the old man, put on the new man, the character of God. It means change your way you think, change the things you say, change the way you act. Repentance is a lifelong process of conforming our thoughts, feeling, words, and actions to the kingdom of God. To repent. Let me live at a different level of commitment, honor, integrity, service. This is Sandhu Singh, lived in the 1800s, early 1900s in India. A believer in Christ. And India is one of the most difficult places in the world to share the gospel. Because they believe in millions of gods and millions of religions. And so when somebody says Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. Many people in India say, great, one more religion to take into my life instead of realizing he is the only way. And so Sundu Singh was evangelizing around India. One day he was passing out New Testaments on a train. He gave one to this man. The guy stood up, tore the New Testament, ripped the pages up, laughed, opened the train window, threw the ripped papers out. However, there was a man who was walking along the street. He saw a small piece of paper on the ground, part of what that person had ripped up, thrown out the window. This man picked up that paper, four words from Scripture. The paper said, the bread of life. This man would go on to say when he read that, he thought it was a beautiful statement perhaps a poem or a song. So he asked people, who wrote this, the bread of life? Nobody seemed to know. Eventually he found somebody who said, I believe that is from the Christian's Bible. He went and found Christians, said, do you know this statement, the bread of life? They said, yes, it's part of a message Jesus gave about himself. He said, I want to hear more about this bread of life. They gave him the rest of the gospel, that Christ is our life. He is our sustenance, our strength, our shield, the very bread of life. 
That man gave his life to Christ and became a minister as well. That's what happens when somebody repents, turns, and goes the opposite direction of where they were headed. Billy Sunday was basically Billy Graham in the late 1800s, early 1900s. He was also a former baseball player, and he said this, Stopping at third adds no more to the score than striking out. It doesn't matter how well you start if you fail to finish. Each of us, again, what effort will I give to complete the assignment before me, to change things that need to be changed, starting with the person in the mirror and having a different level of commitment, not poor, not good, but moving to great effort and outstanding effort. Knowing God says, don't be caught up in the past. He's the God of new beginnings, especially for those in the desert or in the wilderness. You can start new right now with a decision. Here are some things to begin to pray about in life. Want some specific things that Paul would say to to put on your prayer list, to commit to, to think about reaping and sowing? First, he gives the negatives to not sow this anymore. Ephesians 4.31, here are the things to stop sowing. Paul says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, loud quarreling, And evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Know some people that sow bitterness and anger and wrath and malice? What sort of things are they reaping in their lives? Paul says, lay those things aside. And then he goes on to say, and here are the things to begin sowing. So you reap the life Jesus promised. He said, sow this. Be kind, tender-hearted, forgiving, as God in Christ forgave you. What if we sowed more kindness, more forgiveness, more forgiveness one to another? Thou reapest, Paul says, what you sow. It's a law of the universe. It's also a law of the universe. We get diminishing returns. A lot of people giving poor effort, wondering why their life doesn't change. Or good effort, wondering why things don't improve. We need to be about giving outstanding effort, great effort, especially in the areas of kindness and love and grace. Wayne Searle said it like this, you cannot allow your past failures to possess you. Lay aside the things of the past. Don't let the past failures possess you. Isaiah says it again. Forget the former things. Not forget your past, but don't allow them to entrap you now. And God says, I'm doing a new thing. The new thing. Everything can begin fresh right now in Christ who will cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. But we then have a part to play in that commitment to say, now I will sow what Christ wants me to sow. Things like love and grace and mercy, integrity, character, kindness, self-control. To be about praying one for another. As Isaiah says again, I am making a way in the desert, streams in the wasteland. God wants to do a new thing 
in your life, in my life, day to day, to transform those moments of decision where we cut off all other possibilities and say, I will repent, turn and go the opposite direction and follow faithfully in the strength that Christ gives. One of the best stories of a person that changed their life facing these big mountains, W. Mitchell. One day he was riding a motorcycle down the highway, not paying attention. When he looked up again, there was a semi stopped on the road. He had two choices, to run into the truck or to lay down the bike and hope for the best. He laid down the bike, spun across the highway. It actually then burned his fingers. He would lose his fingers in the accident as he was skidding down the highway. The motorcycle, the gas cap came off. He got caught in a bunch of gas that splashed out. There was sparks on the ground. He then was burned 70% of his body in the hospital for months. Lost his fingers. Now he's scarred on his face, burned on his body. A lot of people would have given up. He, however, fell in love with a nurse in the hospital. His friend said, how would you meet this person in your state? Well, he found a way. He used humor. He used character, integrity. He talked to her and they made great connection and he got married. His story was not over though. Eventually, Moved to a small town, learned to fly, and one day, though, he had an accident in the plane, hit the runway as he was trying to keep it from crashing, and in the impact, he broke his back. Now he's paralyzed from the waist down. Burns on 70% of his body, now scars. They had now put toes where his fingers were so he could use his hands but now he's in a wheelchair. What do you do? Repent means to change your thinking as well as change your actions. And he changed his thinking completely. What did he do? Committed himself to his marriage, committed himself to try to find a path in life where he could serve. And he ran for a political office. He did not win, but he did not give up. What did he do? He started to write, started to speak because he said, you know what? I can have a thriving marriage and I can also travel the world and tell other people, no matter what obstacles you face, you can still overcome them and you can thrive in your spiritual life. You can thrive in joy. You can thrive in pursuing life with a passion. He would say this before I was paralyzed, there were 10,000 things I could do. Now there are 9,000. I can dwell on the 1,000 I've lost or focus on the 9,000 I have left. So as we close this morning, again, the promise, promises, forget the former things, don't dwell in the past. I am doing a new thing, says the Lord. Do you perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and the streams in the wasteland. 
We need to repent of poor and good efforts. Hold to a different standard and say from this point on, I need to make a new decision. Let it be about living with a commitment to give great, outstanding effort. And then to put away the things that lead to sin and begin to sow the things that lead to more of Christ in our life. And we don't do that in our own strength, but through Him who gives us all strength and who tells us plainly that in Him all things are possible. For us, it's time for a new decision.